It's 8 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy on the Team Sports Network. 1011 FM, 1340 AM for the Valley, 102.1 along Highway 50 and online all the time. Get the mobile app or stream us from the website at theteam1340.com plus interviews that we have from this show every day, our podcast, get the Davison Beetle podcast there as well. Hopefully have time to put one together this week. Busy, busy week. And this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, Sean Payton introduced to the media. We'll have uh, some of the clips from the presser yesterday. Hope you enjoyed getting to hear uh, 850KOA bring you the uh, presser yesterday. One of the uh, perks of being part of the network. Able to put that on for you yesterday morning at 11 o'clock. And so uh, we'll hear from Sean Payton coming up in just a few minutes. So uh, text or call us your reaction to what you heard from Sean Payton if you listened to the presser yesterday on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. All right, tonight out at Fruit of Monument, they host the Montrose Red Hawks right here on the Team Sports Network. Time to talk Red Hawks girls basketball. Talking Montrose girls basketball with Coach Steve Skiff on the team. And Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. American Family Insurance for a, for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. With us right now, Steve Skiff. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing fine, Steve. A uh, couple of good wins at the end of uh, last week for you. Uh, the win over Grand Junction. And then you got out of league play uh, taking on Battle Mountain. Uh, Got to be thrilled with the way your team played defensively. Held them to 21 points. You win that one 61-21. to 21. Jumped out of the gate fast at 24-4 to 4 in the first quarter and never looked back in that one this past Saturday. Yeah, it was a really good uh, game for us. You know, we'd been talking about this season trying to marry our defense with our offense, and uh, it kind of came to a point, you know, Friday and Saturday night. So I thought we played really good defense and, and uh, you know, we're able to turn that into to points on the other end, which is always a big key. I know uh, Heather Power had a good game against Grand Junction. I believe she had 15 points against Battle Mountain. Sarah Imus led the way with 16 points. Briar Moss had 14. So uh, those players all productive for you this weekend on the offensive end. When you talk about marrying the offense and defense, how do you go about doing that? How does that come together for you as a basketball coach? You know, I think for us, um, a little pressure. You know, we uh, we like to get out and press some a little bit. Um, you know, our man-to-man's pretty solid. And, and I think when we, you know, we just stress we're going to work that hard on the defensive end we're, and, and get a turnover, get a steal. You know, we want to be able to go down on the offense and, and run a quality, you know, offensive set or, or something and, and get rewarded for playing, you know, tough defense on the other end. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. Two weeks ago, you faced Fruit of Monument at your place at Lloyd McMillan, and you lost by 10, 42 to 32. And it just got to be a case where, I mean, you were down 11 to 2 in the first quarter. It was just kind of digging your way out of that first quarter that made it a challenge against the Wildcats, didn't it? It was. Yeah, we didn't get off to a good start that night. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you know we did get back into it, and we were we were close going to the uh, going to the fourth, and then you know just didn't didn't make enough plays coming down the stretch. And you know, give Fruit a credit. I mean, they're they're the top of the league for a reason, and 
anytime you play him, you're going to have to execute for four quarters. So we're excited for the rematch tonight, um, especially down at their place, and uh, we're hoping for better results. Slowing down Liv Campbell's never easy. Uh, she had 14 in the game against you. Addison Air had 10 points that night. I know Savannah Turner hit some big buckets. Uh, she finished with nine points for them, but their their senior guard uh, had a really good game uh, at, in important stretches the last time you uh, you two met. Yeah, they do. I mean, Frida has a lot of weapons, you know, and and, and Liv is is a great player, and she's going to get a lot of attention. But but the supporting cast is also really really good. You know, for us, I think it's just a matter of going down and you know not being intimidated and playing in, in Fruta and and you know, just trying to execute and, you know, playing with some confidence. I think that, you know, you've seen it all year. We've had, had been led by our senior, Briar Moss, and, and a couple of freshmen, but now we're starting to get contributions from a lot of other people too, which I think at the end will, will hopefully make us um, competitive tonight and moving on towards the end of the season. Montrose Red Axe girls basketball coach Steve Skiff with us on the Team Sports Network. And you mentioned Briar Moss, how important she is, uh, particularly from a perimeter scoring standpoint. But uh, she only had seven points the last time against Fruta. Macy Oberg had the big game with 12 points and Heather Power at eight. You only had just uh, Macy in, in double figures in that game. And obviously getting more balanced scoring is going to be crucial against Fruta Monument tonight. It is. It's, you know, um, balanced scoring is always huge. I mean, just, just from a standpoint, you know, Briar. Obviously, people are, are going to, you know, recognize that, that Breyer scored a lot of points for us, but I think she's doing a good job of, of doing some different things um, to get herself open to, to maybe drive to the basket more. And, and we've been relying a little bit more on the inside game to hopefully open up the outside game later on in a game as well. So um, it, it'll be a great chess match between, I think, two pretty good teams tonight. And, you know, we're just uh, – we're going to go give it all we can for 32 minutes and, and see where we're at. I know that you still uh, have that hope of trying to win a league title, uh, and tonight that you know that hope continues. We can get a win against Fruta on their home floor, but when you look at the RPI right now, you're 11th in the RPI at 13 and five. Uh, Durango, we should mention, they're second in the RPI right now behind Roosevelt. I mean, in a pretty good spot right now, Steve, when it comes to the postseason. Yeah, we are. You know, we're we're lined up to uh, maybe get a home game, and, and anytime you can maybe get a Eastern Slope team to travel over the mountain our way, as opposed to the other way, then um, that's an advantage for us. And so, you know, these next couple of weeks, we're really just trying to take it one game at a time. And and uh, you know, tonight it's Fruta, but then it doesn't get any easier for us moving on the rest of the week or the the rest of the, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, of course, uh, you have Delta coming up on Thursday, which we'll have over on. Uh, the Monkey, uh, we can hear at 93.5 uh, in Montrose, 97.1 in Delta. So you get a, a chance to score off against your Highway 50 rivals. And, and the Delta girls in the 4 Western Slope League, they're uh, they're undefeated right now. They're playing some really good basketball. They are. Coach Crowder does an amazing job with them. And, you know, I know they've lost some, some kids from last year, but he's got this year's team playing at a high level. And, um, you know, it's, it's always a great matchup whenever you get Montrose and Delta together. So... You know, we're going down to their place this year. It should be a great atmosphere, and, and we're excited for that game as well. Get a little rematch from uh, early in the season when you both played in the tournament. Uh, uh, you got the win in that one, uh, 49-43. to So, like I said, a uh, second time around, you get to face, Montreux, or you get to face uh, Delta, Steve, with your Montrose Redhawks. Yeah, and it should be interesting. You know, that was the first 
kind of weekend of the of the year, and Coach Crowder and I were joking. You know, we traveled all the way to Pagosa Springs to play a game that we, you know, could have played on a Tuesday, just driving 20 minutes down the road. But uh, no, it, it's always exciting, and it's always a good challenge for us. Delta's a great program, and and uh, again, another big test for us coming in late late to the season. Yeah, Tatum Miller's played really well for them, hasn't she? Yeah, she has, and um, can shoot the ball, can drive the, the ball to the basket. Um, you know, defensively, they're they're solid. They you know play a zone that's um, very tough to do, you know get past, and and yeah, just uh, again a lot of a lot of weapons that you have to to deal with. Hey, Steve, appreciate the time. We'll see you out there at uh, Fruita tonight. Uh, our coverage starts at five fifteen. Girls tip it at five thirty. The boys right around seven o'clock. Uh, for the Fruita Monument uh, Athletic Hall of Fame festivities that go on tonight during the boys' halftime of uh, Fruita Monument in Montrose. And, of course, we'll have uh, Thursday's matchups, uh, the Red Hawks at uh, Delta, our Highway 50 game of the week uh, with pregame at uh, 545, tip-off at 6, boys at 730. Over on the Monkey, 95.7 here in the Valley, in Delta, 97.1, and in Montrose, 93.5 for the games coming up on Thursday night. Steve, I always appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you later t- this evening. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, joining us in the program this morning. So uh, if you're a Montrose Red Hawk fan, plenty of chances to listen to them on the airwaves on the team tonight, 102.1 for Montrose, and then, of course, 93.5 with uh, the monkey coming up on Thursday night. Busy week? It's a very busy week. I didn't realize my mic was open (laughs) when I took my big breath there. Whew, I'm tired just looking at it. No. Your thoughts about Sean Payton? Want uh, your reaction to what you heard yesterday? Payton, now the head coach of the Broncos. And one of the things that this is not this was not during the presser. This was a scrum afterwards. Yeah, a little scrum afterwards. Or he was asked about Russell Wilson and Russell's personal quarterback coach, Jay Keeps, his entourage social media, branding people that, that follow him around about Sean Payton's feelings about that. Here is Sean Payton. Coach, uh, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. But our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Expressly, his look sounded like this sounds. Oh, no, 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 no. The shaking of the head. Uh, no, 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 no. Not going to happen. Yeah. Nope. Not, like, not going to happen. to me. Like, he didn't even let him ask the question. <laughs> Just, hey, by the way, he's got his, nope, that's foreign to me. We don't do that. Now ask your question. There's my point, but finish your question. Exactly. So, Sean Payton introduced yesterday to Broncos country and the media. Here's General Manager George Payton on the process of hiring Sean Payton. You know, I met Sean, you know, for the first time, you know, in that first interview, 10 a.m. At, uh, in, in Los Angeles, and, and I remember meeting him at the front. And uh, we, have, we do have a lot of common friends and acquaintances, and uh, it was very easy. You know, just the conversation... I felt like uh, throughout the interview we were aligned on how we want to build this, uh, like-minded, and then you know throughout the process a lot of follow-up calls just between you know between Sean and I and and uh, 
you know, again, it was just, it was easy. And then, then we, you know, we hired him. So here's Sean Payton, the first time he was hired as a coach in 2006 to being hired as a head coach in 2023. And the differences between that first job with the Saints and now his new job in Denver. There are some similarities that, that will exist always when you start new for the early part of six, seven, eight months. Whenever you go to sleep at night, your checklist won't be complete. That's just part of the deal. But it is different, too, relative to my experience. This program, this organization, where they're at compared to where we were in 2006. I will say this. Um, when you're younger, I don't know that the level of gratitude exists when you start that process and young, you're young, you're not paying attention to your battery level. I don't play a lot of video games, but like I'm sure my battery level, my, my charge would have been expired. And as you get older, you begin to pick and choose and you begin to realize maybe the things that are more important and the things that aren't as important. All right, Sean Payton from yesterday's press conference. Here's uh, CEO Greg Pinner on the attention to detail and the winning culture that Sean Payton hopes to bring to the Broncos. You know, the turnaround experience certainly helpful, but uh, for us it was more around the fact that he put a winning football team on the field just about every year for, for 15 seasons. And um, you don't do that without an incredible uh, passion and intensity. As I called around and, and talked to others around the league, uh, it kept coming up. It's the attention to detail. And, and I think one of your former players told me a story about the size of the towels in the locker room. And, and Sean didn't think the towels were, were big enough. And, uh, but th- that level of attention to detail is what makes for winning organizations. And um, he's going to bring that, that energy and passion to every, every part of our building. All right. That's Greg Penner. A couple more from Sean Payton about uh, starting from scratch with the Broncos. It really begins with the people. And so, you know, finding not only coaches, all the people involved in this process to be successful, it, it's really an organizational goal. And, you know, planning to win, but then here's how. All right. Also, Sean Payton was asked about how he plans on fixing Russell Wilson. This was the uh, response to that. I kind of was taught early on, hey, what is it they they do well and let's have them do those things. None of us want to go, I I, I don't like singing, period, but none of us want to be at a karaoke bar with a song we don't know the words to. How do we get them comfortable and highlight their strengths? Now, don't you normally have the words at a karaoke bar, but I understand what he's saying. I'm I'm I get what he's saying. Where it's a song you don't know the words to, not and you a feel, song that you just don't have the words. Right? You feel comfortable if it's a right. song that you know. You know the usually tempo. you pick a song right. You sing by yourself in the shower, in the car, whatever that you know really well because you know the tempo. Mm-hmm. You you know the words, even though you're going to have the words in front of you. It, right. it doesn't hurt to at least try to. But that's like me going to karaoke the, and be like. You know, I'm going to sing some Drake. <laughs> just not something I listen to. And it's going to sound bad. I mean, because yeah. you just don't you don't, you don't know mm-hmm. the song well enough, even though you've got the words in front of you. So, Sean Payton mentioned it wasn't the type of season he wanted to have, referencing Russell Wilson. I feel like the last couple of weeks we saw a little bit more of maybe what we're expecting or accustomed to. I say we, meaning you all when you signed them. I think the number one job for us as coaches in evaluating our players is deciding what are the things that they do really well. Then let's try to put put them in those positions, at least in the starting. That's the starting point. I think that's important. That is important to highlight the strengths and minimize maybe any weaknesses. 
I think that's something that the most coaches want to do. And I, I agree with Mike Florio on this. It's something most coaches say they are going to do, but seldom do that, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what we saw, unfortunately, with Nathaniel Hackett was an offense that was really built more for Aaron Rodgers, though Russ had some say in this offense and what he wanted to do, and neither neither thing came together. It did not mesh. Right. Did not click. Injuries did not help. An offensive line was beat up, losing Garrett Bowles for the season, no Tim Patrick at all this season. There were a lot of things that created problems for the Broncos offensively, not just Russell Wilson. Some of the things added to Russ's poor play. Mm-hmm. But also, I think, to the point of letting Russ do things, is maybe at some points this season there were too many. Russ had too much of a say in the offense. Agreed. You know what I mean? It wasn't just, hey, Russ, whatever play you you feel like running here, we'll run. He needs some guardrails, right? He needs bumpers on your bowling alley, for lack of a better term. So it just doesn't wander completely off the grid into plays that just aren't going to make sense. That's the thing about Sean Payton. You read an athletic article with players that played for him to where he is in the wide receiver room trying to get them understand not just the route on the play, but the concept, right? The theory of why you're going to run the route this way on this play, which opens up all the others on this play. So Sean Payton is going to be way more involved in the offense than I think even Nathaniel Hackett was as an offensive-minded head coach. Because Nathaniel Hackett didn't really call the plays for you know, outside of Jacksonville. Well, a guy like Benjamin Watson that that spent the first, what, six years of his career with New England. Yeah. Goes to New Orleans. I mean, he played for Bill Belichick. It wasn't like he played for some scrub head coach. Right. Played for a future first ballot Hall of Fame coach. That's won six Super Bowls. Yeah. And Watson felt like that he learned, he learned more with Sean Payton as his coach about running routes about being a better receiving tight end and had a career year and had some of his actually overall best years offensively playing in the Saints system. Because Sean Payton, and this is not meant to, that Sean Payton's better than Bill Belichick. Two guys do it different ways, different emphasis. Bill Bel- Belichick won Super Bowl rings as a defensive coordinator. Exactly. And that's where he his knowledge, that's where his strengths lie. Sean Payton, it's on the offensive side. And Benjamin Watson thought that he learned more from Sean Payton than he did when he played for the the Patriots as far as being a better route runner, being better at his position. Mm -hmm. And and I agree with you. Headline, that sounds bad. Watson learned more from Payton than Belichick. And you're like, really? But it's not. But when you read what he actually says and how he breaks it down, you can understand it. And And it's not a knock on Bill Belichick. It makes more sense than not when you listen and you read the article to where it's like, well, he would spend so much time on the offensive plays. Where Bill, that's the defensive plays. There's going to be defensive guys that maybe played for the Saints and the and the Patriots are like, I learned way more from Bill Belichick than from Sean Payton. Absolutely. Bill's a defensive guy. That's his strength. Sean's an offensive guy. Bill's a defensive guy. You're going to learn more from the guy whose emphasis is mm-hmm. on your side of the football. But just, they're both Bill Parcells guys. They're both Bill Parcells guys, and they 
they the law and order approach to running the football team is something that they both have in common. Mm-hmm. I don't know the player very well. The Bill Bill Parcells. Yeah. Right. Was that Keyshawn or somebody else? Terrell Owens. For in doubt, I don't know the player very well. Then there was, of course, the famous dust I, up of Terry Glenn. Yeah. It's like, and then uh, the if you want me to cook, at least let me buy some groceries. Yep. Exactly. Denver went four and nine last year in games decided by seven points or fewer. How did Sean Payton do in New Orleans in in that in the last five seasons? In I think New he was Orleans? In a, he was at least above five hundred. Yes, he was eighteen and eleven, and they won they won four straight division titles from two thousand seventeen to twenty twenty. John Payton knows how to win close games. It just everything makes sense in terms of him coming to Denver and what the strengths that he brings to this organization where it's it's no more BS. It's you're, you're here to get better. We're going to be fanatical about how the attention to detail that we have in every aspect of this organization. It's the kind of change the Broncos have needed for quite some time. And John Payton had a lot of his success without a really good defense. Yeah. They were top half of the league in the early part of those four straight division titles. They were top 10 his last two years, but the Super Bowl year, they were in the 20s. His first couple of years, they were in the 20s. And that's one of the reasons why they were number one in offense and still went eight and eight, seven and nine. Yeah. He's because gonna, their defense wasn't very good. Not going to have that problem in Denver. Going to have a much better defense to work mm-hmm. with in Denver. Now the question will become who will be the one that runs that defense? Dennis because, Allen. No, I'm just kidding. No. Bill Belichick, because Sean Payton's smarter, is what the headline <laughs> would say. No, that's just kidding. We know that it's not going to be a Jiro Vero, who's now the Carolina Panthers defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. We Joe know it's Woods going to be Brian, taken. Joe Woods is gone, but off to New Orleans. Yep. Vance Joseph has a job. Brian Vic Flores Fangio. accepted the defensive coordinator job with the Vikings. He gone. So Sean Desay, associate coach of defense with the Seahawks, looks like a, a likely guy. He was the defensive coordinator for the Bears in 2021. Defensive assistant in Chicago 2013. Worked with Vic Fangio in Chicago 2015 to 2018. He's 39 years old. Expected an interview with Peyton sometime this week. Sean Peyton. Not George Peyton. They hired Zach Strafe the, uh, as the new offensive line coach. Played for Peyton in New Orleans from 06 to 2017. His first team All-Pro in 2013. And then he became the Saints assistant offensive line coach during Peyton's final season in 2021. Kept it under Dennis Allen. He was the play-by-play voice at one time for the Saints and left the booth to go coach. And so Zach Strafe will be the new offensive offensive line coach. Could be coming for you, too. He's not taking Dave's job. No. He could have Rick Lewis. I, I, I could be okay. I'd be okay with that. Wouldn't take much to I'm not saying, change I'm just my saying. chain. Wouldn't take much for me to 
be totally down with that. Throw a headset on him during the game. Let yeah. him let him let him work with the offensive lineman and call the game at the same time. I'd be totally down That'd with great. that. As far as Sean Payton though, and you know he's going to be interviewing new staff members. He's going to be he's going to be really busy because he's also going to be in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. Yeah, because he's still working for Fox. As he says, so I'm kind of carrying two lunch pails here. And he is taking the Eagles over the Chiefs, as you referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. We never want any team for our division to win anything. A perfect weekend for a Bronco fan is when we get a win and the other three lose. As a Broncos fan, I love, 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 love hearing that. And it it just goes to show you how much the simple things carry the water, right? How much simple things work. Because Nathaniel Hackett could have said that. But instead, Payton, you he believe went, it, though. Yeah, Peyton, you believe it. But Nathaniel Hackett was like, hey, you know what? That doesn't really matter to me, the losing streak. And fans are like, well, you just got here. We've been dealing with this for now going on eight years. <laughs> so it matters to us. And could you please win these games? They're like, eh, you know, I want to win them, but I want to win them all. It's like. That's that's where you get the rivalries in college football, right? Ohio State could go one and eleven, but if that one is against Michigan, then the season wasn't really as bad as it could have been. You know what I mean? Right. Where if the Broncos go six and eleven, but they win all their division games, yeah, you know what? That season probably sucked, but it's not really as bad as it could have been because you beat Mahomes twice, you beat Herbert twice, beat the Raiders twice. We lost all eleven games. That kind of sucks. But hey, you know what? We finally got these guys. Start. It starts with dominance in the division. Yeah, and then which Hackett? You're like, he's uh, you know doesn't really matter. It's the same as the Seahawks game to me. It's like, oh brother. Yeah, <laughs> he you didn't know, say that, but, but that's that was, the point he was getting across. Yeah, they're all they're all the same all to the me. Same. They all count equally. It's division like, games have no more juice than non-division yeah. games. Yes, we know they all count equally, but sometimes you have to play the hits, right? I know you may not love the song, but you have to throw Enter Sandman in the encore. <laughs> you've, you've got to do it. You have to. That's what half of the people are in the building for. <laughs> so you have to play the hits. You may not like it, Slash, but you got to play Sweet Child of Mine at some point. Steven Tyler, when you're not in rehab, okay? Or falling off the stage itself. <laughs> you've you've got to play Dream On. You've got to play you've that gotta song. Play, you've got to try to hit dude that Dude looks note. like a lady. Yep. You've got to play those songs, dude. Walk this way. Got to play it. Got to play it. You have no choice. Yep. You have to play it. And I like the way Sean Payton, right out of the gate, to Broncos country, speaks to their heart. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to root for the Chiefs on Sunday. No way, no how. I'm now the Broncos head coach. Not going to do it. It's the right... It's the right way to approach it if you're Sean Payton. And it's so stupid simple that it's even more glaring the difference between him and Nathaniel Hackett, right? It's like, dude, how do you not know? You were in Green Bay. They, Even though they beat him every year, they hate the Bears. Hate the Bears. That's why Aaron Rodgers, you hate I the bleeping Lions. own you. You hate the Vikings. You hate those teams. You relish beating those teams. So you come here and it's like... Hey, you know, what about this losing streak to the Chiefs? Eh. It's, it's another game. Like, whoa, man. No, no, it's, no it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, dude. You better be cooking at home those nights that week if, Ooh, if that's the case. Yeah. You can't go out. 
you better you better stay in because somebody sees you. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be giving you a ton of grief. All right, eight twenty eight. Jim, along with Buckeye today. Pile, I mean, do you have no thoughts about Sean Payton today? Really? Text line is slow today. I guess it's Tuesday. It's the most worthless day of the week, but come on. I they think just the hired that it's been four days of knowing. But still, what you you finally got to hear him talk yesterday yeah. and direct and have opinions about certain aspects of this organization. Can can I say something real quick though? Absolutely. If he is maniacal about even the most minute detail of the franchise, can he wander his way into the audio video room at some point and get them to so the introductory press conference doesn't sound like this. Oh, the and mic then, was terrible. And then at the end of the press conference, it kind of sounds like he's way back here. <laughs> can can you get those guys to whip them into shape I'm, a little bit, please? I, I think that that's probably not not high on his list, but but probably on the list. But if he's so maniacal, so he tells me, "Hey, the mic sounded bad." Uh, well, that's not going to happen he goes again. Marching in there, visor guy and all. What are we doing in here? Let's get this fixed. Yeah. All right, say twenty nine. Coming up, uh, we'll bring you a replay of our interview with uh, Brian Rush. who will go into the Fertile Monument Wildcat Hall of Fame tonight. Two-time state wrestling champion for the Wildcats. We'll have that for you. But it's time right now to play Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema. Know your sports TV shows and movies? Let's play Stadium Cinema on the team. Up for grabs today, as is the usual fantastic Stadium Cinema prize. $20 gift certificate. To our friends at Triple Play Records, downtown Grand Junction, and a small antipasto salad courtesy of our friends at Junction Square Pizza. This one, little bit of a slam dunk, I think. Try, baby. Jock. Wimp. Muscle head. There you go. Okay. So first correct answer, you get a small antipasto salad from Junction Square Pizza and the gift card to Triple Play Records. It's the downtown double play with Triple Play. Send in your answer. If you've won the last two weeks, don't play, okay? Just set it out. 970-242-1340. Also, a reminder, we are closed on Fridays. So when yes. you pick up your prize, it's got to be between 8 and 5, Monday through Thursday. Because mm-hmm. we had somebody that tried to, even though we texted and said, don't come in today, they yeah. still came in last Friday. You can't pick up prizes on Friday. So you have to do it Monday through Thursday. We're open Monday through Thursday. I just tried to come in. Uh, we're still nope. only open Monday still through Thursday. Still only open Monday through Thursday from 8 to 5. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. Text in your answer right now, 970-242-1340. Stay by the radio. You are listening to The Jim Davis Show on the team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Steve with a question on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. 970-242-1340. Who do you think is going to be the next year's version of Shanahan, Michael Dean Perry? Got veteran player. A little disgruntled th- with the hard coaching. Yeah. Even though when he went to Denver, he was loving the fact that Mike Shanahan, because I was just reading a, yeah, like a the, Browns the, Nation history on MDP. I was reading that one as well. He had like the double quarter pounder sandwich in Northeast Ohio. It was called the MDP Burger. And he had a good stretch in Denver. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question about who's going to be the Bronco that that this rubs the wrong way. The Sean Payton style. 
Is is Ross, is it Ross automatically <laughs> at the gate? Is it going to be a defensive guy? Yeah, it, that could be the case. Who could it be on the defensive side that would? Is it Draymond Jones? Draymond, uh, that's my first guess. And that's only really because I was I immediately was drawn to the defensive line because of MDP. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's got to be a defensive lineman, right? It's like draft comps. Right. It's yeah, you immediately go to the defensive line. Yeah. Sean Williams, maybe? I don't I don't Draymond seems to be because he's already not a very happy guy mm-hmm. about how things are going and about getting a new deal done. There there seems to be If they didn't trade him issues. for Russ, I think it would be Shelby Harris. Yeah. I think, Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree, but that would be Shelby Harris. I, I think if they hadn't traded uh, Locke, mm-hmm. Locke may not like Sean Payton. Maybe he would have thrived. Who knows? Maybe he would have thrived. Kareem Jackson, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. He's right. a guy that has no compunction of hitting whoever's in front of him, teammate or not. Very true. Got a text from Ted today. I love the fact that Dangerous can't have his personal quarterback coach. No, he can still have him. He just can't be in the building. Right. Payton's not saying he can't have him, Ted. He's just saying, I don't want to see him in the building. Hey, Russ, you sucked last year, so maybe you shouldn't pay him anymore anyway. Go Sean Payton. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. That's, it's a fair point. All right. Uh, the Fruto Monument Hall of Fame is tonight. Seven new inductees will go in. Among them, two-time state wrestling champion Brian Rush. Had the chance to uh, talk with Brian recently about his career at Fruto Monument. Talking Fruto Monument Wildcat Sports on the Jim Davis Show. Coming up on February 7th out at uh, Fruto Monument High School, they'll have their uh, induction ceremony for the uh, Fruto Monument uh, Wildcat Athletic Hall of Fame during the uh, Montrose and Fruit Monument basketball games. And joining us right now will be one of the folks inducted coming up on February 7th, two-time state wrestling champion Brian Rush. Brian, I appreciate the time. How are you doing this morning? Hey, doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing fine. So so your reaction to when you found out you were going in, because it's it's been it's well-deserved, two-time state wrestling champion at uh, 132. Uh, you won it in 86 and 85. Just take me through, Brian, what it was like when you found out that you were going in. Well, you know, when I heard I was getting nominated, just then I was excited just to hear about that when I put in the information and found out uh, the Hall of Fame committee had elected to have me in. It's just, it's a great honor when you look at the athletes that have come through that school, the teams and coaches that have been nominated, and to even be thought about, you know, to join with them. And when I found out I did get elected to be part of that, it, it's just a great honor because, you know, I'm. Um, Got a lot of ties with Fruta. You know, I went there. My wife went there. Uh, our son went there and stuff. And um, But just knowing the athletes that have come through there, and like I said, coaches and teams, it's great to be part of that. When you go back and, and look at your wrestling career, which, I mean, it w- was remarkable when you won the state title. Uh, you're the 85 champion at 132. I mean, you were 30-2. and two, And then the next year, you, you went, you know, 26-0, uh, outstanding wrestler at the, the state tournament in 86, you know, state champion that year as well. That, I mean, when you looked at each season, did you, did you set out with the, obviously the goal was to win a state championship, but I'm not going to lose more than one match. Or I'm not going to lose more than two matches. Did you have particular goals that you tried to set for yourself back then? 
you know, I did have goals. Um, my senior year, it was definitely to win it. My junior year, I was definitely hoping I could win it. You know, I, I worked hard, and um, I made sure if I was going to lose a match, I was doing everything I felt I could in my power to do my best in that match. And then as long as I could walk away and realize that I did my best and I did every, I did my best coming up to that match, then um, I could be okay with it. But, I mean, there's no doubt going into these junior, senior year, I was definitely wanting to win it. And, you know, with the repeat, a lot of pressure on it. And um, But, you know, I was fortunate enough to come out on top and obviously had some real close matches that could have gone either way both years, especially in the semis and finals. But, like I said, I was fortunate enough to come out on top and get the win in both years. Brian Rush will go into the Fruto Monument uh, Hall of Fame coming up on February 7th. Uh, graduated from Fruto in 1986. And uh, Jim Stocker was your coach. Talk to me about the, the influence that Jim had and maybe other coaches had on you on the mats. You know, Jim Stocker, he was he was great. You know, uh, I enjoyed having him as a coach. We had a great relationship. And, and the truth of the matter is, after my wrestling, our relationship may have even be, become closer. You know, um, his son, Brooke Stockard, I was in his wedding with him and stuff. And um, Jim and I just, we always got along well. And like I said, I enjoyed having him as a coach. And afterwards, um, you know, uh, our relationship just kind of grew. And there's no doubt coming up through, I had some good coaches, you know, kind of like what Dean was talking the other day in middle or in junior high with Coach Trump, Coach Bridgewater, Coach Holscher. And then, you know, with my high school coaches, I had Coach Marty in there. Coach Hoisington was there helping. And, you know, another big one that helped us out a lot was Coach Dan Miller in the weight room. You know, none of that's possible without someone pushing you in the weight room, getting the conditioning and stuff. And then, you know, my parents taking me to all the freestyle that they did coming up through high school. Uh, they traveled me everywhere throughout the state, which obviously cost quite a bit of money and time and planning to do. And, you know, I just thank all of those because with, without those people, none of that was possible. We've talked about your wrestling career, Brian, but you're also a really good football player, too. Uh, 85, you were all Southwestern League uh, as a defensive back for the Wildcats. So, you know, obviously your greatest success was on the mats, but also pretty good on the gridiron too you know i enjoyed football i did it all the way you know from fifth grade coming up through and um you know i thought maybe um college with some football too but as the wrestling went on for me i kind of knew that was the way i i needed to go and it you know it worked out for me i ended up going to fort lewis my first year and then transferred back into mesa and ended up being an all-american there for mesa so um it worked out you know, really well that way, but um, I, I I did enjoy um, playing football and stuff. It was it was great, you know, all the peewee years that we did, and then coming up through junior high. You know, there's just no sport like a team sport as far as that goes, being out there with 11 guys going as hard as you can, winning some games, losing some games. It's great, but, um, but in the end, I really liked the wrestling with just the individual, you know, it, wrestling's kind of on you, and it's it's a neat sport that way because win or lose, you don't you can't blame anyone else. You pretty much come off and you know you did your best and and hopefully uh, hopefully you can come out most of the time. But you, you look in the mirror and say it's me one way or the other. Brian Rush, former Fruit of Monument Wildcat, he'll go into the uh, Fruit of Monument uh, Hall of Fame coming up February seventh. Two time state wrestling champion. He mentioned your time at then Mesa State as a wrestler, All America wrestler. 
142 pounder back in uh, 1989, 1990 during that stretch. Uh, kind of take us through a little bit your time as a Mav as well. You know, it was good. And, and you know, the one thing with, uh, you know, Coach Krylicek had me there, and, you know, it was, it was an honor to wrestle for him and stuff. And, you know, going to the Nationals and being an All-American, it, it was that was a neat accomplishment and stuff. But, um, you know, just wrestling's really been good to me, and that's what was also so exciting about getting this Hall of Fame here at the end is it's just, you know, up through junior high it was great, high school, had the titles in college. Um, I was ended up being an All-American, and then I was able to take it through high school also and uh, with my teaching and being able to coach, be a head coach. You know, hopefully I made a lot of kids become better wrestlers and better men as far as that goes. And it's just, like you said, kind of capping off with this Hall of Fame. Wrestling's been great for me, and um, it's just been a big part of my life, and, you know, through the high school and college and being able to coach it at Palisade High School. All right, that's Brian Rush, two-time state wrestling champion at Fruit of Monument. He will go in to tonight's uh, Wildcat Hall of Fame during halftime of the boys' game at Fruit of Monument. And uh, during halftime of both games, we'll bring you some of the sound of uh, the inductees tonight uh, when uh, – we bring you Fruit of Monument hosting Montrose tonight in high school basketball. Our pregame starts at 5.15 tonight on the Team Sports Network. All right, 8.44. Do we have a winner yet for uh, Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema? We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Dominic first in the door identifying Ace Ventura. Coming up Super Bowl week. Okay. Hey, well, it was the Super Bowl uh, right. when they stole the dolphin. Right. So. Uh, I'm. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. Well, why don't you cry about no, it? No, I'm. Cry about losing that dolphin. No, yep. I'm just. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it was during Ace Super Bowl. Ace and Dan eight. Marino. I like that scene. I have not watched that movie in decades. The it's only one from- that seems to come on TV is the second one. The first one I don't ever see anywhere. The first one I don't really see anywhere. Which was the better better of the two? two, Obviously. Which yeah, I was. I'll be honest. I was never a huge Ace Ventura fan. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I liked Ace Ventura. The first one. It was. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, there are other sports comedy movies that I I like better. And Jim Jim Carrey's. Did you realize at one point Jim Carrey was going to play Captain Jack Sparrow? No, I didn't know that. And then somehow, I forgot, there was another movie, was it like Bruce Almighty or something that he was already hmm. already connected with, and so he couldn't do it. Yeah. And so that's when they brought in Johnny Depp. I may have to actually watch the movies now, see what the whole hubbub is about. All the Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean? i say like the first two. They're fine. They're good. I've drank a lot of rum. I think I kind of have the idea down. <laughs> sure. So... Well, I would think that'd make it even more enjoyable for you if yeah, you're maybe. you know, connoisseur of rum like you are, mm-hmm. sir. All right, 846, we will take a break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll get into four-down ter- four territory. Easy for me to say. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Touchdown every morning. Woo! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team.
Welcome back, 850 Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Your thoughts about Sean Payton taking over as Broncos head coach? Let us know what you think. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. have one from Dom. For the Broncos to be on the winning path, hopefully nobody is upset about the Payton hire, and they're just excited to get back to work. I'm excited about the Payton hire. I'm, yeah, but you know some of these Veterans Day off Wednesday guys. Yeah. They're going to be wet. They're not wet. really looking forward to this. I we used to get that day off. What's yeah. the deal now? What's what are we, what are we doing mm-hmm. here? Nat Hack did it differently. Yeah. Now Sean Payton's not Nathaniel Hackett. Thank goodness. You were five and twelve. Yeah, but the check cleared. Yeah, we had more time off though. There are guys that are on every team that are like that. RJ and Delta on 102.1 FM listening today. Jim asked the Saints fans what it means to lose Sean Payton as a coach. Part of them showing up in New Orleans, they were wearing paper bags on their heads. I think the Broncos are in good hands with Sean Payton as their head coach. I did see some of that over the weekend. The ah, We're in the same place the Saints are in when they hired yeah, Sean Payton. Yeah, Jim Mora. Jim Mora's pretty good. Yeah. Jim Mora got into the postseason for the first time. They had Bobby Bear. I mean, what... Were they great? No. Did they have bad years? Yes. Jim Moore, though, needs to get more credit than what he's getting here. Mm-hmm. Did a nice job in New Orleans when he was there. Then they had Mike Ditka. Yeah, like Pat Swilling. They had, they had yeah. good players Which in New Orleans. Didn't go well. Did not well. That's the yeah the trade to With get to, to draft Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. Ricky Williams in the wedding dress. You had uh, was Jim Hazlitt? Jim Haslam was, was there. there. Yeah. He went to the playoffs. He was above 500 until his last year where he went 3 and 13. Then they canned him. So, in 10 and 6, 7 and 9, 9 and 7, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 3 and 13. Were there years comparable to what Denver's gone through? Yeah, in terms of win-loss, yeah, probably. But I mean, it's it's more the But but it wasn't like we're they like were like the Aints. Yeah. Like, no, not really. And the Aints had no history of success. Yeah. Until Sean Payton got until there. Sean Payton got there and got him got him to a Super Bowl. Had two playoff appearances from ninety two to two thousand and eight. Yeah. So there was there was a lack of success. And mm-hmm. Sean Payton and RJ once again, not trying to take anything away from what Sean Payton did. It wasn't it he wasn't, finished it, wasn't off like, it wasn't the like rebuild. they're the seventy the 76 Buccaneers. Right. Or your Cleveland Browns or the exactly. Lions. It wasn't like there were winless seasons or there. Or the 80s Saints. Right. Or the 80s Saints. He finished off the rebuild, but he sustained it a lot longer. And took them to, obviously, the mm-hmm. the top of the mountain. His first year, they were, went to the NFC Championship game. And so the, the turnaround under Sean Payton was... Mm-hmm. Was impressive, no doubt about it. Yeah, so I've seen a little bit of of that. Yeah, let's, but let's not entirely. Yeah, uh, there wasn't it's not wasn't like the situation. Saints were a two win football team every single year mm-hmm. before he got there. All right, it's time for four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, Tony Romo responds to all the criticism about the air quote intervention that CBS CBS execs had with him. Okay. Romo saying at first they mostly tell me how much they love to listen to me and all these positives so it's fun 
when you're young and you come out and you're good, then you're dealing with more expectations. You find out some people don't like you and some people want you to do things differently and do this and that instead. Yeah, that he can't please everyone. And he says he feels the critics have been more vocal than his supporters now that he's been around for a while. The thing is, the people who really love you aren't going to keep going out of their way to say, I love you. They're not going to keep tweeting, he's the best every week, right? So that goes away, and then you hear more negative stuff, but that's just noise. There's some truth to what he's saying in, in terms of you don't constantly get patted on the back. Mm-hmm. There comes a point where that comes to an end. You stop being the boy wonder, the boy genius. But he's regressed. I mean, let's be honest about it. Tony Romo has regressed as an announcer. Yeah. The, the work doesn't seem to be there. And just what he's talking about that's in front of him, he doesn't seem to entirely get it sometimes. So I, I understand to a point, but come on, Tony. Some of this is just you not, not doing a particularly good job. All right, second down. I'm worried about Tom Brady, Buckeye. Oh, yeah? Have you, you seen the picture? there's going to be a soup uh, kitchen in his future? Or no, what? no, no. I, I'm just, I oh. don't know about that. Okay. Have you seen the picture of shirtless and pantsless Tom Brady trying to take a selfie of himself? No. Apparently, it's in response to something that came out a while back. 40,000 likes, and I'll recreate these photos. Unrelated, but you, can, you guys can send me more of the socks. He's wearing his own Tom Brady-branded underwear in this picture. Okay. And there's pictures to a pictures of guys. I guess, are they wearing? The, they're wearing the Brady underwear. A couple of bra- uh, underwear models wearing Brady underwear, guys. Okay. And so he decided to wear his own underwear in a picture or he looks like he's taking a selfie, but somebody is taking a picture of him taking a picture of a selfie. It's so just it's like Inception with underwear models. I usually, we get into a strange place with standards and practices and HR when we're checking out underwear models on the work computer. So I'd usually try to stay away from those. Well, this is Either on a gender. This know? is on a clean Larry Brown Sports clean site. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, All right, just, and he is, things are covered up. We'll put it that way. Gotcha. Well, see, Tom Brady, we already know his reputation with cell phones. So that one maybe is... To say that it's a bit of an odd odd thing to do. But Keeping with Tom Brady, he's going to take a, a gap year between playing football and then talking about football. So he may never get into the booth, actually, and Troy Aikman has some advice for when he does. Says he has some real opinions. He's just got to voice them. Exactly. That's know? what they're paying you to do. Exactly. And then uh, also fourth down, some more broadcast booth situations for Fox joining the NASCAR booth in 2024, Kevin Harvick. All right. Uh, sorry to spoil your thunder, Fred, but in two days, most people will forget. <laughs> we can talk about it again. Kick it kick it out there again. Yeah. Roll it out one more time. All right. That's four down territory. Hour three coming up. Mav Day with Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge, Mavs women's coach Taylor Wagner, and baseball coach Chris Hanks. That's all next hour on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.